the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, our financial planner and retirement expert in studio, as he is every Saturday morning, Mr. Larry Rosenthal. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I am doing very well. I've been been looking at the uh, interesting ups and downs in the markets and this whole trade war thing and impeachment process. And if you can see my head and my eyes, they're tired, starting to spin. <laughs> I can, I can see, yes. <laughs> what are we doing? Yep, exactly, exactly. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners in the D.C. Baltimore area, WAVA 105.1 FM, as, long, as well as our new listeners nationwide, border to border and coast to coast on Sirius XM Family Talk, Channel 131. As always, Chris, it's Saturday morning, Open Mic Saturday. Any questions you have regarding investments, financial planning, uh, estate planning, taxes, mortgages, insurance, your 401K retirement plans, whatever it is, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Well, I like to start off each week with a little segment on just what you were talking about, Chris, there. What's going on in the markets, the economy, the ups and downs and all arounds with everything? You know, the, 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 the economy, the basics of the economy is still very strong. Uh, low unemployment, low interest rates, low taxes, low, low inflation, accommodating Fed, uh, you know, wa- rising wages. And now we have some geopolitical issues. We have Brexit, some? which is on again, off again. Yep. Some? <laughs> I think just, this is, this just is some. Pro- there you go. I don't know. I think we're kind of at the, you know, at the red line for geopoliticals. I mean, we haven't gotten this high in a long time. Well, I'd, I'd give you that there. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll ratchet up a little bit to a little bit of stress from time to time on it, right? But we've got Brexit going on, off and on, off and on. And at the end of this month, you know, they're talking about there could be a deal reached now. Uh, earlier this week, no way, no deal. We're not leaving. And other people are saying, yeah, we are leaving. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. Basically, now they're talking about there could be somewhat of a deal reached. So we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens over there. And then you've got trade. You know, trade with the USMCA with Japan and the big one with China here. And, you know, on Friday, President Trump met with uh, Vice Premier uh, of, of China over there uh, in, in the Oval Office. And, uh, you know, President Trump said that there's been a, 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 a an agreement reached, a substantial agreement on phase one of trade deal with China. 
Uh, meanwhile, Treasury Secretary uh, Steven Mnuchin said, you know, that, that the U.S. is not going to implement tariff hikes on Chinese goods that were set to go up next week on October 15th from 25 to 30 uh, percent. Robert Lighthizer, on the other hand, also said that there hasn't been a decision made on the December 15th rate hikes of tariffs either. And, and uh, Chinese technology uh, was was in this deal. Uh, I'm sorry, was not in the deal. Uh, you know, Huawei wasn't part of the preliminary deal. There was an agreement reached on some parts of intellectual property, which sounds pretty good. Currency matters and financial services. Now, now, you know, we've got to get the deal, the the details of all of this stuff out, which is going to take five or six weeks, from what uh, the the officials have said. Uh, but part of the deal also includes China purchasing 40 to 50 billion dollars of U.S. agricultural products. So, uh, you know, kind of kind of interesting. The thing that Wall Street wants and needs, Wall Street needs this all the time, and that is clarity of direction. You know, whether it's on corporate earnings, whether it's on uh, trade policy, whether it's on uh, you know interest rates, you know, all that kind of stuff. So. So that's what Wall Street likes about this is, hey, you know what? We're getting down the road to some point in time where we're going to have this in our rearview mirror, and now we'll understand what the game plan is. So, you know, stay tuned for more of this. It's going to continue. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and, and you know, we get good news out of China, bad news out of China. The market goes up and down, but it's been stuck in this trading range pretty much going sideways the last few months. And we're going to get more of that, and it'll be, you know, bigger swings up and down. Uh, but hopefully it just continues to, to, to sort of go sideways a little bit until we get some, some agreements there. So I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about the position of the economy and where things are. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep rolling forward and, and go from there. Hey, let's open up the phone lines and welcome Paulette on the line. Good morning, Paulette. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. How can I help you? Okay. I live in Georgia, but I have a home in Florida, and I'd like to sell it to my daughter below the market value. I needed to know what would be any tax repercussions, if any, if I sold it to her that way. Well, you're you're looking at capital gains tax from the standpoint of if it hasn't been your primary residence two of the last five years. Okay. It has so, not. Yeah, so if you bought the home for, let's say, $200,000 and you're selling it for $300,000, and even though it's worth maybe three fifty, um, you know, you're going to have to pay the capital gain tax on that because it hasn't been your primary residence two of the last five years. And then as far as selling it way below market, uh, you want to make sure that you don't get into any gifting rules, so you need to talk to your tax preparer about that. Okay, And I can send you out some information on that if you like on, on how that would play out. Uh, because there gets to a certain point where it's arm's length transactions, and uh, you you could get into some gifting rules with that. Okay, I'd appreciate it. Okay, let me put you on hold here, Paula. Congratulations, by the way, on selling it to your daughter, and we'll have Bob get some information, and we'll get uh, some information out to you. But you need to sit down with your tax preparer also, because you know there's going to be part of it as well of you know if you've been depreciating the property over the years the the recapture of the depreciation and and all kinds of things that'll go into this computation so it's always good to get a tax projection before you go ahead and make this move all right okay 
All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions at all. If you have questions on what's going on in the market, the economy, estate planning, taxes, Roth IRA, give us a ring, 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. You are listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. I'd love to hear from you on the telephone here this morning. If you'd like to give us a call, Larry is here in studio with us. You know, Larry, I was uh, just listening to that uh, that little uh, commercial that you were talking about in dollar cost averaging. It's simple, but it's not done as often as it should be, right? I mean, it's a really simple way to grow wealth. Oh, it is. You you put the same amount of money into the same investment regardless of the price of the investment at whatever interval you're doing, monthly, quarterly, whatever it may be. It gives you the average price over time, and it takes the emotion of, of more trying to market time right out the window, which is a good thing. But the good news, Chris, is that people that are putting money into retirement plans, they're automatically doing that with each paycheck. So that's a very good thing, and that is the, the best way to go about doing it because, you know, at the end of the month, people don't write a check and send it into their investments. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why the investments are happy to volunteer to pull the money out of your checking account each month, but it gives you that sort of forced savings type of a, of a discipline program, and it's, it's, it's the basics, and it's very smart to do it that way. If you force it, then it's going to happen. If you forget and don't do it and you say, I'll send the check in, then something comes up the whole time. Sure. The car sure. payment or the that's, that's electrical bill or something. Yep, that's why it's the best way. You know, and if you look in, and I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, if you look across the, the country, the, the largest piles of assets are forced savings. Mm-hmm. You know, cash value insurance plans, re, um, uh, home equity, pension plans, those are all forced savings type programs. Uh, 401k, government TSP, those are the, the forced savings type programs. Your 403b plan at work and, and things of that nature where it just automatically comes right out of your checking account. So 
Definitely, definitely. So, hey, you know, we're, we're uh, getting a lot of responses here to our seminars, and, and I've got some good news because we're going to digitize some of these in the first quarter so people around the country can participate as well. But you can catch me live here in Virginia at Evergreen Country Club on October 30th. Now, that's not Halloween, Chris. It's the day before. Okay, it's going to be October 30th at Evergreen Country Club. There's no cost for the retirement dinner seminar, and the, and the meals are complimentary. You should Start still make it a costume party, I mean. No costume party, yeah, nope. Okay. The, the, it starts at 7 p.m., and if you're 55 and over and want to understand what's going on in the markets, the economy, we're going to be going over the subject of, of going from taxable to tax-free, how to enhance your retirement income from a tax perspective as well as pass assets onto your heirs in the most tax-efficient manner. And then we're also going to be doing the, the same seminar again in Maryland at Turf Valley Country Club on November 12th. That day is a special day. We have two sessions. The first one begins at 1 o'clock, goes to 2.30, and the second one from 6.30 to 8 p.m. It's the same material. You can attend both if you want, but, you know, we got a lot of people that come out during the day as well. So we've got three seminars coming up. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Uh, check on the, the seminar icon and go ahead and register there. Bring some friends. It's a lot. It's a good evening out, good afternoon out, uh, good refreshments and food, and uh, gets you gets you some good financial educational material there. Going from taxable to tax free. You remember the IRS views our money through four different tax lenses, and we want to make sure that we have our assets positioned while they're growing and while they're distributing income during retirement, and when we pass assets on in the most tax efficient manner. So looking forward to seeing you there again, October 30th in Virginia, November 12th over in Maryland. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminars and check it all out. So, so if you did do it, if you did do a dress up with that, we could put Bob in an Uncle Sam suit and put him in a dunking platform. That would be kind of fun. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> tax, be good, cause taxes are, of course, the the you know the most significant part of all of this, and we kind of want to eliminate taxes so we could have Bob up there, and boom, 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 there he yep. goes. This is true. This is definitely true. So, um, hey, you know, um, we want to talk about, uh, uh, you know, I, I mentioned our website is, is getting a big overhaul in, in the first quarter, and we're going to put something out there. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be able to give some people a, a digital experience on them on everybody understanding their confidence level when it comes to financial planning subjects. It's going to be called, uh, you know, our, our little return on life section of our website. So stay tuned for that. Uh, hopefully we'll get that launched up next week. We got a couple more buttons to, to fix on the website, and then you'll be everybody across the country will be able to go take this little survey. It takes about four or five minutes to do, and it lets you grade yourself very quickly and easily on all the different subjects in estate planning. And then you can follow up with some resources on the website to get some education. So we're very excited about this. Uh, it's going to really be able to be a, a good educational provider for a lot of people out there. So very, very important. Hey, you know, Chris, let's. Talk talk real quick here about what the Bible says about money. And I want to break this down into, into four different sections. Now, that now the Bible talks about money, one of the most subjects in, in the Bible, over 2,000 times. And when you break it down, you've got giving, you've got possessions, 
you have work, and you have dangers. And, and let's, let's just examine a few scriptures of what the Bible talks about when it, when it comes to all of this re- regarding money. You know, the principle of giving, you know, um, giving should be a way of life for every believer. And, and in Psalms 41, 1 and 2, blessed is he that considereth the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou will not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. You know, and, and God talks a lot about giving uh, throughout the Bible. There, there's no doubt about it. With, with our money, with the giving of our time, giving of our talents, giving of our knowledge, giving of our assets, giving of our money, giving of our first. You know, so think about that. You know, money and you're, you, you're breaking down money and, and you're looking under giving. And now we're going to look under possessions a little bit. You know, uh, no, another thing of... Of uh, of giving is in everything I did I showed you this is in Acts twenty thirty five uh, in everything I did I showed you that this kind of hard work uh, we must help the weak remembering the words that the Lord Jesus said Himself it's blessed it's more blessed to give than to receive and and you know just basic kingdom principles then we take a look here in in um, uh, as far as uh, possessions or, or dangers of money, I would say, you know, um, in Jeremiah nine twenty three and 24, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his strength or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. So stop and think about, you know, the dangers of money. People put their faith and trust in money, and no, that's not where we want to be putting our faith and trust in money, is it? Not at all. And then work. You know, a lot of people think, you know, well, I want to climb the ladder, and that's that's what we do. You know, we try to, to, to do better in, in our jobs and things. Um you know, but Philippians three eight says, you know, what is what is more? I consider everything uh, a loss as compared to the suppressing, surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. So think about the different, you know, when when you unpack money and you've got to deal with the concept of giving and then your own possessions, how much do you need? And then work, are you just working every day for more and more money, or are you working for the Lord? And then what are the dangers of money? Prestige, greed, pride, all those things play into all of this. We have to understand how to control money and not let it control us, basically, is the lesson. Whose it is and what our responsibility of good stewardship is with it. And we talk a lot about money on this show, no doubt about it, but we've got to keep it real from from the you know from the positioning of of really what we're talking about whose money is it and and you know those those types of things there so just wanted to bring that up to light today that was sort of my heart to talk about this morning and and uh, you know praise the Lord that's what we need to really be looking at at doing so yeah, let's welcome Charlie on the line from Maryland good morning Charlie how are you today good I attended your thing at uh, Turf Valley and it was great I recommend it to everybody now towards the end you said one of the best ways to I guess, legacy or money to heirs is life insurance. And one of your last points you said was take 1% of and buy life insurance. But I forget what would 1% of what. Okay, so, so Charlie, I appreciate the phone call, and, and thanks for attending. 
um, the the seminar and for sharing sharing the information about it. So, in in this seminar, for those that haven't attended it, here here's what Charlie's talking about. The, the the tax code, you know, it's it's long and it's deep and it's lots of pages. And the first two thirds of it explain how they're going to tax us, and the last third of it sort of explains how we can minimize those taxes. And when we're talking about the the three greatest benefits of the tax code that gives us is the estate deduction, um, the the lifetime tax advantage stretch IRA and the proceeds of life insurance come tax-free. And there's an estate planning – here's the answer to your question, Charlie. There's an estate planning technique that many, many people do across the, across the country to enable to pass more tax-free dollars onto their heirs uh, or onto charities as well uh, with charitable giving included in this section too. So you're talking about 1% of what? So the example that you're talking about here is if somebody had, let's say, a million dollars, just so I could do math easy, um, not necessarily in real estate or fancy cars or anything like that, but in, in different investments, and and the financial plan gets, gets, gets run. And so, Charlie, let's pretend that you've got this million dollars, and you and your family, we run the financial plan for you, and it shows, you know, hey, you're, you're going to not outlive your dollars, okay? And then the question becomes, well, who's going to get what? Well, I want my kids to get this and, and my brother to get that and all that kind of stuff. And then you can say, well, if you were to take 1% interest a year from that million dollars and put it into a wealth replacement plan that had a life insurance policy inside of it, it could generate for you maybe four, five, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000 of tax-free money that at your death would go to your heirs 100% income tax-free. So the idea there is to use money, just a small little piece of interest, to use money that you're not going to live off of that would otherwise go to Uncle Sam or to your heirs anyway. But by using it to put it into a wealth replacement insurance policy, there you're going to generate a huge amount of money tax-free to your heirs. That's the, that's the concept behind it. Does that answer your question? So it's basically 1% of your net worth minus a few things. Well, it could be minus a few things, yes, and it could be minus some taxes. And, you know, each each that's the that's the 10,000-foot concept, but then we need to sit down on paper and take a look at the different types of money you have. You either have non-IRA money or IRA-type money, meaning right. retirement plan dollars or non-retirement plan dollars, right? And then you also have to take a look at, you know, do you want to include real estate into this as well? There's different things, too, and cash flow coming into this, too. So, you know, that's just the basics 10,000-foot view. I think you've got the concept, and then we just sort of have to whittle it down to what your family's scenario is and what you want to provide. And then you can set it up so that this money goes into a trust, kicking out income for your children or your grandchildren, or it can go directly to them, either grandkids or, or, or your children, however it is that you want to play it out. It, it becomes different for all the different families because there's lots of different family dynamics involved with now, as we get older, and I'm, a, I'm I'll be 72 in two months, um, and health declines. In my case, that's not the case, but um, the premiums go up. Well, the premiums the, for the for the insurance, either that or the amount you can insure for goes down, or a combination of the two. Is there a formula you use to say, well, the premiums too high, the benefits too low? Don't worry about it. Yes. 
Yes. So here's here's going back to the concept that you're talking about here real quick. You know, right now you're going to pass a dollar onto your heirs. It has to filter through the tax system. If you took that dollar, pay and and dropped it into the wealth replacement programs with the insurance in there, now you'd be able to pass, let's say, twenty dollars on tax free. So there's the leverage. So if due to health concerns or health status, that dollar instead of buying you twenty dollars worth only buys you eighteen dollars worth probably still a good deal. But if it only buys you $4 worth, maybe not such a good deal. So it's going to be dependent on your on on, you know, what the numbers really play out to be. Is that kind of I got a I got a quote of like 4,000 a year for $250,000 coverage. I'd have to look to see what the coverage is, okay? To see what it type of a, policy to see what I type think it of was po- 10, 10 year guaranteed for 10 years. Yeah, so so if you're talking about a, a term policy, that, that may not work in this case because what happens if you live past that term? Then you've wasted all that premium money. You want to have there, – there are special policies involved with this that act like term insurance, but they're guaranteed for life. They don't build cash values. They're very inexpensive, and they're specifically designed for this type of planning. You know, there, the, there's a lot of different products when it comes to life insurance and estate planning out there uh, that that you have to really it, – it, it's about the product. The, the product is really what's going to direct the success of this type of a program. So I'd hold off on looking at that real quick uh, because after that 10-year period of time, you may – you know, it, it, the program may fall apart for you. So there's some special products out there that can give you like a term for life, and that's what you really need to look yeah, at. If you want, Charlie, a lifetime, he did pardon? mention a lifetime. He did mention a lifetime equivalent, but the premium was twice as much. Yes, because you're dealing with a true term policy. Like I said, there's other policies out there yeah. that will not do that to you. They'll keep the premium the same, and you can even pay it off early. There's policies in this arena that you can pay off in three, five, eight, twelve years, and it's paid for life. Or you can stretch it out for life. But you don't want these policies to go jacking way up in premiums when you're in your 70s and your 80s, uh, you know, in your 90s. It doesn't work for you that well. So if you want, Charlie, here's what I'll do. I'll put you on hold, and I'll make sure that we get some information out to you to to take a look at, at this whole arena on how it all works, okay? All right. Thank you. Yep, let me put you on hold, and Bob will get some information from you. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. 
make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401k plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. Right now with your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Eight five five seven six seven three one two three to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. Again, eight five five Rose one two three. We have some lines available for you if you'd like to ask a question about your portfolio or just about any kind of question that you have with regards to financial planning. Larry's the guy. You're the man, Larry. I'm the man, Chris. You're the man. Uh, that's a lot of pressure there, huh? <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so interesting discussion came up this past week with with some clients on, you know, what are the basic differences between a beneficiary form and a trust? Why do you need them both? Or why do you need one versus the other? How do they function? How do they play out? So, you know, you've got the will you have the titling of the investment account or the house or however it's titled, whatever it may be. Then you have beneficiary forms. Then you have trust. How do all they? How do all those work in in a synchronized fashion together? What is the process here? Why do they? Do you have different needs? And so, in in breaking this down, this is a very popular question that we get all of the time from people. And the question becomes this, you know, well, I, I have an inv- – let's just pick an investment account, okay? And let's suppose it's, it's registered in just your name and your spouse's name. And something happens to both of you, then what's going to happen with that money? Assuming this is non – well, it could be IRA or non, doesn't matter really. What's going to happen with that money if both of you pass? Well, it, there's no legal form to transfer it to anybody else. It will go through probate. So you want to make sure your beneficiary form lists everybody possible that you wanted to get, right? So maybe it goes to your spouse and then to your children. Fair enough. Now that beneficiary form goes down there. But here's the question that people ask oftentimes is, well, I have, I have you know, two kids, and, and one of them, I, I have lots of faith that, that he or she can manage the money, no problem. And the other one, well, you know, I've got questions, you know, on on what they would do, and 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 it might be, you know, it might not be so good to to have them get a lump sum of money. That's where a trust can come into play, because the beneficiary form is going to direct that money to that beneficiary, and they can take it and go. Whereas a trust, if you name the trust as the beneficiary on an account or an asset. Then that asset or that money drops into the trust, and then you've decided, you have decided already ahead of time by putting language in the trust that says, hey, this money's going to go to this child or to that grandchild, but only according to these distribution rules that you then make up. 
It could be incentive-based. You know, if the child's got a job, we'll match 25% of their income for five years. Or, uh, you know, if they get a college degree or if they get married or money for a first home, all that type of stuff. So a beneficiary form is going to go ahead and transfer these assets right away to their heir, to your heirs. But a trust will do it in a conditional format, okay? And and that enables you to sort of control it a little bit to, to help protect your heirs against themselves maybe sometimes. I mean, there's all different ways, all different scenarios. But my point is, in, in speaking about this subject here, is people get twisted up all the time about the difference between, well, should I have a beneficiary form? Should I have a, a life fee estate? Should I have a transfer on death designation? Should I have a trust? What about power of attorney? What about my will? I was speaking with somebody this week, and they thought their will overrode everything. And guess what? It doesn't. The beneficiary form is the highest form in the land, okay? It surpasses a trust. And you have to take these these different documents and break them down and see how things play out in your family design. I've seen people name somebody as a beneficiary and name somebody else in a trust. All different ways to go about doing this. So when you're sitting down with your advisor, ask him or her, hey, what is the transfer to heirs that that you're that that I need to do? Talk to them about your beneficiary. Talk to about your beneficiary form. Talk to them about additions to beneficiary forms such as transfer on death, payable on death, fee simple estates, okay, um, and, and revocable living trust, the garden variety basic revocable living trust. These are questions that really need to de- dive deep into the financial planning process. And all of this language is in the beneficiary form? If you were to go down that list, for example, transfer on death, that's part of the, the beneficiary form or is that part of the trust? No, so so, so a, a beneficiary form is a different form than a transfer on death form, Chris. Okay, so you've got your names that you send to your individuals on the tra- on the beneficiary form. So you want your spouse and then your kids and so on. But is there something else in there? Or just names that go there, right? That's it. So there's names that go there, but on the beneficiary form, you can designate them per stirpes or per capita. Right, right. Which is a form of how the money is going to go to the beneficiaries. Like okay. Basically, per stirpes and per capita is like by bloodline or not by bloodline, right? By so by, per stirpes is by bloodline. Per capita is by generational line, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. of the beneficiary form. So you can have three but – let's, let's make it very simple. Two beneficiaries, okay, and, and, and both beneficiaries have kids. So you've got mom and dad. Then you have the kids – uh, a girl and boy, and then both of them have a child, right? So, so you name um, the 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 your kids fifty percent primary beneficiary, and then contingent beneficiary their 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 children, right? Which is just one each in a very simple way. And let's suppose one of your children predecease you, and then you pass as a per capita beneficiary designation. 100% of the money is going to go to your surviving child. Nothing's going to go to your predeceased child's gotcha. children. Mm-hmm. But if it's per stirpes, then they would get that share. Okay? And and so that's part of the questioning as well in all of this. And a lot of times here, too, we see this happening. This is how vitally important it is to name multiple generations on a beneficiary form. 
because if you stop and think about this, you know, you're, you're living into your 80s and 90s and your children are your beneficiaries. They're probably in their 50s, 60s or maybe 70s, right? They may not even need these dollars and they may they will be in a position then to do what's called disclaiming where they can say, I want to disclaim this inheritance and pass it to the next person down on the beneficiary form, which would be the grandkids or their kids who are probably in their 40s who probably have you know a mortgage up to here, car payments, college funding, all that kind of stuff. They could really use it. So the disclaiming ability on a beneficiary form is, is a huge uh, planning opportunity. And that's why it's important to always put multiple generations on a beneficiary form. Things like this are overlooked all of the time, and it makes assets go to heirs so much more tax efficiently just because you understand the rules of how all of this stuff cascades out when assets are transferring to different generations. You know, yeah, you don't have to do that. You're just going to pay a little bit more in tax a lot of times. Or if you just fill out the forms correctly, you can minimize exposure where it's appropriate in taxation to people. And and that's what people don't – they miss this all of the time. And that's part of what we're talking about in our seminars coming up, going from taxable to tax-free. You know, the most efficient ways to, to do this because it doesn't matter what the score is in the in the bottom of the seventh inning, right? It matters what the score is when all 27 outs have been recorded, okay? It matters what the score is at the end of the football game, not the halftime. And a lot of people only focus on the halftime of their assets. Gee, look at how much we're growing and saving and look at what's going on in the markets, all that great yeah but you know what you're not going to use all of that money you're going to use some of it and then you're going to pass some of it on to your heirs and charities and that's when you need to make sure all this stuff's very tax efficient and well, it's you don't want to you don't want to whittle away that yeah you don't want to whittle away that uh that principle by giving half of it to uncle sam either so the tax strategies are really important here well they definitely are and so here's the deal here you know you can go to my website larryrosenthal.com click on our articles we've got this stuff there or just go to the website larryrosenthal.com and and just send us off an email and say hey i want to understand the difference with the beneficiary form stuff and we've got a kit well, a packet of pay, of of pages we can we can email you out so we get requests on this all of the time uh, feel free to go 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 to the website and and uh, do do that. You know, LarryRosenthal.com and shoot us off an email for all of that. So, it's important, Chris. It it really is. Uh, people miss this all the time. It's unfortunate that they miss it. Uh, but well, you, you know, forget we, things too. You forget to change the beneficiary form from time to time for after a life event or something. Yes, you should be doing a beneficiary review um, uh, at least once a year, every every you know eighteen months or so. It's 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 important. People don't you know people overlook this stuff. And when you're working with a financial advisor, he or she a lot of times will just sit down and focus on you know well here's how your accounts are doing blah blah blah. No, there's more to it. There's much more in depth to it when it comes to proper financial planning. You know. Uh, it, it really, really is, and multi-generational planning. And look, you know, in the end, when you're looking at legacy planning, estate planning down the road, um, <clears throat> your assets are going to go to heirs, charities, and the IRS, and a combination of all of those. 
And with proper planning, you can minimize exposure to the IRS and and expand assets, expand assets in a tax-efficient manner to your heirs and your charities. All different types of of programs out there in, in able to do that. So, hey, let's keep the phone lines open. Give us a ring this morning with any of your financial planning questions at all. If you're doing the right things, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people will request our financial planning toolkit. We have sent out thousands of these over the years. You can go to my website and, and email uh, us off and request a financial planning toolkit or give us a ring here this morning at 855-ROSE-123. There's no charge for the toolkit, and it, it sort of draws a line in the sand and helps you address the question of, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing now, where will I be down the road? And, and you know, you want to know about it and, and show some different ways to get it fixed. So give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 or listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. You'd like to dial in. Here's a number for you, 855-767-3123. Larry is ready to take your telephone call again, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, let's put D on the line. Good morning, D. How are you this morning? How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? My husband and I have um, accumulated quite a bit of real estate over the last over the last 20 or 30 years, and we're in our 60s and 70s, thinking about selling. But you know, we're we're just wondering what to do or how to invest or if we should invest. You know, the large sums of money that will result from the sale of this real estate. So just trying to get a feel to where do you put this money once you get it, you know? Sure, D. So are you using the real estate as income right now, like rental income? Yes, some of it, yes. 
So, so that would be the first step to do is to say, okay, if we're going to sell house number one and we're getting X amount of re- re- rental revenue from it each, each year, each month, whatever, then, then if you don't, don't want to be in real estate anymore, then we would take a look at putting it into an income-producing portfolio with dividends and interest and things like that. That way your income's still coming in. It's just coming in from a different source. That would be the first conversation that I would have. Uh, as far as what your objectives are. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. But if we didn't want to put it into, well, I guess the question is, is that the best thing to do, to put it into something that generates income? Well, it depends. I mean, that would be, the, you know, without knowing you and your family's goals and, and what your overall assets and liabilities are, uh, the, the best thing to do is put it where you're, it's going to help you meet your goals. Maybe you want to use some of this to do a charitable donation. Maybe you want to use some of this to fund some grandkids' uh, businesses. I don't know, but but you would have you you're freeing up this money now, and then you're going to take it and move it forward towards accomplishing whatever your family goals are right now. And I'm just throwing out an idea of hey, you know, you're selling an income-producing property. Why not put it into an income-producing portfolio? I, I I would have to ask you what all of your objectives are with everything. So okay. where do we start? Now we're thinking about, about, about self. Okay. Well, let, let me let me do this because there's a lot of Q&A that goes on with, with this type of a, a, a scenario. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get some information from you, and then I'll have one of our advisors give you a ring next week to sort of break it down on the phone and, and get a little bit more in-depth with you. How does that sound? Okay. That sounds good. Thank you. Yep, let me put you on hold, D. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Marley on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Marley. How are you? Actually, I think that's Marie. Marie. Oh, I'm sorry. Marie, are you there? Oh, yes. Good morning. How are you? I'm um, well. Yeah. Okay, well, I have a situation first, and then I want to know if I can use some retirement money for this. Okay. So I'm a personal guarantee at my husband's business, and he's being sued for back pays. Like, he owns a shop, and the landlord is suing him because um, he's been late on rent, you know, meeting his rent. And so when I first signed... The contract as his personal guarantee, I didn't realize that I would be responsible for all his financial debt if something went down. You know, I thought that I was signing a contract because, um, you know, if he gets ill or sick or something like that, I would help make decisions. So he got um, served um, last month, and because I'm the personal guarantee on it, I'm I'm sure I'm going to be served soon, too. So my question is, I can't afford to get a loan right now. Um, I don't want to go into bankruptcy, although my husband's going to file bankruptcy. And I do have um, retirement plans at my job, and I'm wondering what's the best way to eliminate this um, debt that he is doing us for. He's doing us for um, the back pay of, I believe, 28000 plus his um, um, lawyer fees, which is like 40000 He spent 40000 to get twenty eight. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah. I would, I would 
first of all, there are loan provisions in your 401k plan or your retirement plan, most likely, that you can borrow money out of there and then repay it back to yourself over time with no taxes. I, I would look into other means as well. I'm not a fan of taking money out of your retirement plans. But I, I'd really want to talk to you offline about this. We may, you know, have to get some counsel involved here. I'm not an attorney, obviously, and and uh, yeah, I've talked th- to an attorney. Yeah, I, I think that's the best thing that we should look at doing before you start pulling the trigger on different different dollars. You know, what's going on in your retirement plans? What's what about uh, your savings and investments? What about a personal loan? What about all these different scenarios? So, right. Maria, I'm going to put you on hold, and I'll have somebody reach out to you next week and, and get a little bit more details for you on this, okay? Okay, thank you. Yep, let me, let me do that, and I'll, I'll, we'll be able to lend you some help with that as well. So I uh, appreciate the phone call, and let's welcome uh, Rosa on the line. I'll get to the rest of the caller. Stay online here. We'll We'll get you one at a time here. Let's welcome Rosa. Good morning, Rosa. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have two questions. Is there something that you could send me regarding the wealth replacement plan? And then I have a question on required minimum distribution from the PSP. Now I am 70 and a half. I want to avoid paying so many taxes. Well, welcome to the show. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, the money that's in the TSP that you have to pull out at 70 and a half, the reason you have to do that is because you put it in pre-tax before. You got, a, you got a tax deduction for the money going in while it was growing. There were no taxes on it. But the rules of that program are when you pull it out when, at 70 and a half, you have to start taking your required, <clears throat> excuse me, your required minimum distributions. So let's suppose you have to take out $10,000. If you don't take it out, then you have a 50% tax penalty on that 10 grand, okay? Plus income taxes on it. So it can be a substantial hit. Now, we can take a look at working with a tax preparer to see if there's anything we can do to lighten your burden of the income taxes, but that money has to come out, okay? You can look at I understand that it has to come out because I always look at the total amount, and I believe I sort of like take 20% of that for taxes. Mm-hmm. And But what do I do with the remainder? I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily need it to live off. So if you don't need it to live off of, then there's a few things you can do. One, you can do this wealth replacement program that one of the callers was talking about earlier. Okay, and then two, you can also just donate it to charity. Okay. You can take your required distribution amount and just slide it right over to your church or to whomever, whatever 503, 5013C corporation that you want to uh, donate it to, and there's no tax to you involved. But if you have money in IRAs and you're not going to need to live off of it, that's the perfect scenario for some wealth replacement planning. And, and I see you're in Maryland. You know, we're going to be having a seminar on all of this on November 12th at Turf Valley Country Club. Uh, you're, you're welcome to come to it if you want, Rosa. Okay, okay. Let me uh, – I just call – or do I go online to sign up? Yep, you can go right on the line, my website, LarryRosenthal.com. And I'll go ahead and I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get some information to you, and we'll have someone reach out to you about the seminar next week, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. Let's go ahead and welcome Ernesto on the line from Texas. Good morning, Ernesto. How are you? Good morning, Larry. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Uh, 
question is, is related to administration of assets. Um, I have been working with the investment group, transferring my 401k amount to, to their portfolio, and I'm comfortable with that. The problem is that they moved from one company to another one. So that investment group, a, a group of individuals, three or four plus some other, went from one large uh, uh, company, I'm not going to mention names, to another company. They left my, my assets uh, in the first company, and I got a call saying, you know, you can transfer over, this is better, all these things. You know, they went down the list of the things that were I would benefit. My question is, how worried should I be on following a group that does that, leave one company? Kind of, it happened on a Friday, Monday morning, got a call saying from the first company that they're not here anymore, now we're taking over their assets. So, yeah, here, here's the deal on that, Ernesto. Advisors from time to time change broker-dealers. They change where they're, you know, uh, affiliated with. You know, they can move from, from company A to company B. You're still working with that advisor, okay? That advisor is still going to be the one giving you advice. The question becomes, what are the fees that you are currently paying at the old place versus the fee structure at the new place? That's one of the questions you have to ask. Then the other question you have to ask also is, you know, who was managing my money at the old place? What was the buy-sell decision process? And who's managing it at the new place? What is that buy-sell decision process? Another question you have to ask is, what are all of my product and platform choices at the old place versus what are they at the new place now? Do you see what I mean? Some yeah. Sometimes there's very good reasons for people to change different places, and other times maybe not as much depending on the type of product and, 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 and what your needs may be. So you kind of need to do a little bit of an interview and find out where they're landing. There, there's probably nothing wrong with it, okay, but they, they could very well be doing it to better you and all the rest of their clients as well. I don't know, okay, but those are some of the questions you have to ask. Okay, yeah, that's, that's good guidance. Appreciate it. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, I mean, everybody's got their opinion on the different firms out there and, and, and things like that. You know, I could talk to you offline, uh, about it if you wanted to, we'll, we'll be, we'll be, uh, getting offline here in just a few, few moments. But, uh, those would be some of the basic questions that I would ask. Okay. Yeah. I would like to talk to you some more about it. It's a little more extensive, my questioning, but in general, you do answer my question. Okay, well, I'll, I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get some contact information from you, and we'll give you a ring next week then, okay? That'll work for me. Thanks. All right, you have a great weekend. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We've got a few moments left in the show. Again, you can catch me October 30th at Evergreen Country Club in Haymarket, Virginia. <clears throat> at 7 p.m. from 7 to 8.30, we're going to be doing a retirement dinner seminar. Going from taxable to tax-free is the theme how to enhance your retirement income as well as pass assets onto your heirs in the most tax-efficient manner. We've had a few callers calling in today talking about the wealth replacement programs that are inside this seminar. Hey, if you want to come on out and understand how to do this, I'm telling you this is what people have been doing for years. 
they don't understand it, and, and once somebody understands this, it really enhances their heirs, their kids and grandkids scenario, and lots of different ways to do it, as well as we're having one again, or two of them actually, in, in, in Maryland, at Turf Valley Country Club on November 12th, two sessions from 1 to 2.30 in the afternoon, then from 6.30 to 8. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there. There's no cost, and the meals are complimentary. Love to have you out there. Uh, the rooms pretty much get filled up. It's Lots of lots of good times, lots of questions and answers uh, with with everything there. So uh, go ahead and bring some friends to it. Uh, put on the form you'd request a, you know a, uh, some extra slots, and we'll 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 try and save some seats for you again there. But uh, go to the website LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for uh, following us on Facebook. Like us and follow us on Facebook. Next week we're hoping to have this survey available on our website that enables you to go out there, spend four or five minutes and, and, and grade yourself on different financial planning subject matters and then go to our resource library to understand how to improve your, your financial planning. We believe in, and everybody has the right to financial education, and that's what we're trying to deliver here. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.